Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We are still here. We are still, of course, practicing safe social distancing in our homes, and we hope that you are listening in your home as well. Unless you're a healthcare or grocery store worker or someone who needs to be working, and you can safely listen to podcasts at work. In that case, go for it. Anyways, great to be here. Great to be back again. I am, of course, Illegal86, and I am here with my good friend, Tectic. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. And well, I, when you ask that question, are you asking me or the, the, everyone, like the audience? I am asking you. But, oh, okay. I'm doing good. Thank you for asking, by the way. I never ask you how you're doing. How are you? Good, good, good. And Nerd Bomber's also here. Hello, hello. <laughs> Before I just start having an individual conversation with Tectic. Nerd Bomber's here and, and we're here again to regale you with a few news topics that are presumably nerd related. Starting, of course, with the big ps5 kind of kind of reveal it was, i can't remember what was it called this big video it was like a ted talk last week it wasn't called state of play but it had some kind of name that was similar to that where they just kind of went through all the ps5 details so we're gonna be going through that a little bit especially in comparison with the xbox series x we're gonna be talking about this big star wars news about the casting of a very beloved character in the star wars universe in season two of the mandalorian and then of course we're gonna be talking about these Netflix reality phenomena that we've actually talked about in the past couple episodes in passing. Love is Blind, of course, and The Circle. They've both been renewed for, I think, two seasons each. So a lot on the docket today, but we should start with kind of this this big tech news about the PlayStation 5. So it was actually just called Road to PS5. It wasn't anything particularly uh, interesting name-wise, but it was essentially a live stream that I think was around an hour long where we got a better sense from the system's lead architect, whose name I don't know how to pronounce, Mark Cerny or Mark Kearney. I don't remember which it is. Basically telling us about all the specs on the PS5. Now, let's get down to brass tacks right away and, and what I think a lot of people are concerned with as far as the specs themselves go. The the GPU has peak of 10.28 teraflops. Now, we already know a lot about the Xbox Series X because they've been putting out their specs as well. And they're at 12.5. I do not... No, they're up, sorry, they're up to 12. I don't want to get that wrong. They're up to 12. Now, as a gamer who I would say... I'm a fairly casual gamer, especially relative to the two of you. I don't know to what extent the difference in those numbers affects me. <laughs> do, can either of you eliminate me on that or do you also not know? That number might as well... I'm in computers and that number might as well be Egyptian to me. As far as relative people are going to see it and go oh man well xbox is higher but as far as what we can probably pick up as humans i don't think anyone's really going to be able to say yep there's a discernible difference but hey so is technology right keep pushing the envelope until we're basically emerged in it no sure and like i'm, I'm all for it but yeah i mean it's it, yeah it, people will like look at it and see that it's a higher number and maybe certain folks will freak out but it's 10 percent higher it's not like way higher and at the point the point we're at with console gaming, I just don't know how much I'm going to see that difference. Now, the solid state drives, which granted both of them have this, but what they're promising here, and, and we've talked about the solid state drives, solid state drive stuff before on this show, but it's hard to fathom. That to me, that's the single biggest biggest thing to write home about here is we're talking about load times being literally a hundred times faster. And as someone who, as a, ca- I mean, I, I did say I'm a casual gamer, but you you also mentioned immersion just now tactic and like that that's going to heighten immersion so much and and, and not just in the way that you, you're not going to be staring at a simple loading screen for for a minute you're going to be staring at it for two seconds or one second that's big right there but there are also a lot of things that are done in video games in terms of if you need levels to load as a game designer you need to do certain things to 
temporarily limit the scope of what the player sees so that the environment can load and to eliminate that i mean it, it, that introduces a lot of freedom for the game designers themselves but it also makes our experience better as the players so to me that's you know that's that's the thing that has me the most excited and probably the most willing to buy a console that is going to be what five hundred dollars do we know what the price of this is i think right now it's still under speculation they haven't really confirmed i think a lot of people are thinking it'll probably be around like the 399 499 i mean the components that they're putting in the playstation 5 are pretty expensive components and i mean i know when the xbox originally had their spec reveal i mean if you just price out those components it'll probably be around five hundred dollars Unless they shock us. Because, I mean, we do know, and I think we've talked about it before on the podcast, that they really don't make their money on the console. They make their money on the live services and the software and the accessories that they sell you. So I wonder if they might undercut the consoles. Sure. I mean, and, and we should talk about the games, too, because one other thing that was announced is, well, I should start with what wasn't announced. So what very specifically was not talked about is what the release games would be, what PS5 games were even upcoming. He talked about betas but he didn't talk about full games. So I guess my question would be, you know, the Xbox Series X already has announced that Halo Infinite will be a release game, which is great, obviously. I mean, if you're an X, if you're a Microsoft fan, that's what you that's what you buy the new Xbox for is usually is the new Halo. Is there a PS5 title like that? Is there a PS5 exclusive that I guess what would you want to see if you could pick one exclusive for them to roll out? I I I just I don't have anything that comes to mind. You know, I as far as PS5 exclusives for me go, we have Naughty Dog and Last of Us 2 is coming out in May. So like past that, I'm not going to care care too much. I don't know well, if I you know guys have any strong opinions on that, though. Gearbox already showed off Godfall because I think that's an exclusive game for the PlayStation 5. So we know that's going to be coming out. And then they did say that uh, Bluepoint Games, and I believe they were behind Uncharted and Shadow of the Colossus. They are supposedly working on a quote unquote big one to to be a launch exclusive with the playstation 5 but I so mean, uncharted is also naughty dog i think you're right about shadow of the of the colossus but uncharted is also oh i'm naughty sorry I'm, I'm, the they did the remaster from uncharted i didn't read the full sentence of the article i've pulled up Maybe. oh did they yes okay i did not know that i mean i've heard i've heard a lot of great things about shadow of the colossus i've never played it myself i've seen footage of it it looks beautiful i mean if it's you have fun. playstation plus i'm pretty sure isn't it one of the free games this month you can probably pick it up for free if you have the live service so i got rid of my playstation plus and that that's probably a conversation that will be longer as, as in terms of why i did it but short answer is i just don't play online games anymore <laughs> like i i had a really strong surge with destiny where i played online a lot and briefly with star wars battlefront but like overall i don't play online that much i'm mostly store a story driven guy so i decided to not re-up it for a year and yeah i'm but i am missing out of course on a lot of uh playstation plus monthly games like i think i think the last of us was recently one of the free games or is it it, is that how you're is that how you're playing it tactic i don't want to spoil your. we have the disc yeah you have the disc okay but yeah, so I, I did not get the live. But as far as the PS4 games goes, too, I, I should mention this. They're promising almost 100 uh, of the most. They Basically, they took the, mo- the 100 most played PS4 games, which I don't really know how they get gather that data. I guess they're just probably watching all PlayStation 4s. And they said, quote unquote, almost all of them will be playable, backwards compatible on the PS5 at launch. 
See, which is super cool. I feel like that's I, kind I mean, of a miss, though, because you do have Xbox coming out and saying that they'll have backwards compatibility for, I think, thousands, they said, maybe like a thousand Xbox One games, in addition to the 360 library and the games that they made for the original Xbox that they made backwards compatible for the One. And I feel like only having 100 of the top games from the PlayStation 4 is kind of a miss, simply because like you look at the PlayStation 4 and a lot of what won this generation for the PlayStation was their amazing games. And I know, I mean, obviously you have the top tier ones, but I feel like there's got to be more than 100 out there that people have played and would like to see playable on the PlayStation 5. Well, so is Xbox, and I don't know the answer to this question, is Xbox promising thousands at launch? Because that's a lot at launch. I would imagine the backwards compatible catalog will expand as the console, you know, as the console ages. But at launch, I can't imagine Xbox will have a thousand. See, in, for me, independent of the number, both the fact that they put a number on there kind of bothers me because, so let's say that they just make it so that you can run them on the Xbox, the, the latest console. Why not just do an emulator app for the rest of them so, so you can actually say all games will be backwards compatible for the Xbox in the new console, period, or the so, new so PlayStation? That's a fantastic question that I do not... I'm sure there's a reason is is my answer. I don't know the answer, but like I have a feeling based on the way an emulator would use the hardware or not be able to use the hardware. Um, it's a great idea that I'm sure someone has already thought of. Not that you're not a smart a smart cookie who's out thinking the major gaming companies companies constantly, but I mean that's what they, thought of that. That's what they basically did with the Xbox One. So just do it again. Well, I actually, so I just fact-checked, and they did confirm that at launch, thousands of games will be playable for the Xbox Series X for backwards compatibility. Thousands of games. Did Xbox One even have a thousand games? That's a lot of games. I mean, I feel like there have to be. If you look at all of the indie games that came out, I mean, you look at the giant online library of games that didn't even get physical launches, the small games that are maybe like five dollars and under that weren't top tier games but there are a ton of indie right. studios that have released games on both playstation and xbox and i get you know and again i think this is in terms of the way that i game and the way that you guys game like this isn't like i call myself a casual gamer and like if you if i named all the games that i've played on ps4 ever i sincerely doubt there would be more than one or two that were not in the top 100 so like yeah so yeah when playstation when Sony says this about what their backwards compatibility for the PS5, I'm perfectly happy because I know it's going to check pretty much every box for me. But, I mean, that's a good point that, you know, if you're going to be doing direct apples to apples comparisons between the two, Xbox wins there. And, and we already said it wins in terms of the GPU. Both have solid state drives. I don't, I don't know. Another thing that was apparently touted during road to ps5 was that you can play backwards compatible games from an external solid state drive and also i think from an external hard drive so i don't know where xbox sits on that at all i, I mean I'm, I'm looking at a list of things that were touted in this playstation 5 event and you know fr- frankly the audio i don't care about but they really were into that i guess about, about in, ter- in terms of like 3d audio capabilities i don't know how much of a difference that would make for me i think that becomes very important when you look at their vr endeavors yeah because i mean if you have better 3d audio and you're improving the graphics in a vr game 
I mean, overall, you're going to have a much better virtual reality experience. As it is, I think the headsets for the PSVR, considering their price point, I mean, the audio is pretty impressive. They do a really good job of making it seem like you're fully surrounded. But if you improve that even further, man, I can only imagine what kind of immersive games they'll be able to come out with. Yeah, I mean, my PSVR experience. So do you guys, do you just use the earbuds that are built into the headset? Because that's what I do. Yeah, I do. And and like, I've never had a particular issue with it, but I also haven't been like sitting down and critically listening to like little sound. It's, you don't like have a hearing test, right? So like, I, I feel like I'm in the game and I hear something and I turn around, but like, I'm not like focused on, okay, exactly where was that? And maybe it depends on the game you're playing too. Like maybe if you play a survival horror game, then you're a lot more focused on things like that. Well, I think in so... Half-Life Alex just came out to glowing reviews and I think yeah. it was getting like hundreds across the board this week. And I think that might pivot VR. I mean, I guess we'll really see the adoption rate if this really causes people to run out and buy more VR headsets. But if it does cause a like renewed interest in virtual reality, I feel like PlayStation will keep throwing money into that. And so like right now, if you look at the games that we're playing on PSVR, they're not something that you're expecting to be this super immersive right. experience like they're fun it's a really like kitschy fun time but you're not expecting to like lose yourself and really think you're in, in a different planet or on a different world or something whereas i feel like watching some of the streams and videos from half-life alex i feel like that's they, they I mean they've really stepped the up the game le- yeah it's the next it's level. next level I, I, so, mean, I mean i think that to get to that next level with the playstation vr they'll probably have to step it up and you're right that you know, I, and I've always thought of it this way, even owning a PlayStation VR, which is super, I want to be clear, super great. I'm super happy with it. It's a step down from PC based VR. It just, it, it has to be from a hardware standpoint. Well, I mean, you look um, at the from price a, from point. From a price point standpoint. Like yeah, it is the from, perfect entry level VR headset. When you think about the fact that most people yeah. already have PlayStation 4s because it's the largest selling console of the last generation. And for $200, I mean, you don't have to do anything. You literally just plug it in and play. It's pretty impressive. For what it is, yeah, for what it is, it is near perfect for what it's trying to be and what it accomplishes. Now, I know this is not, I don't want to digress too far on a tangent, but have you have seen this Half-Life, Alex. It's unbelievable. I mean, the, the, the main thing is the interactivity of the environments. You can touch anything and you can like, you can go up to a radio and twiddle the knobs on it and it'll work. Like, it's just like we said next level stuff but like i know people were upset that half-life 3 never came out but if it never came out because they spent the last 10 years perfecting this vr experience i may never get a chance to play it because i don't think our computer could handle it but oh yeah like (laughs) it would be worth not having half-life 3 at the moment i think to have this game because it is so from everything that i've seen so impressive and i think it's just like breaking the barrier for vr games and what they can be so to to bring it back to the ps5 and specifically in comparison to xbox and i know i've asked this question to you guys before i don't know in how much depth let's say they're the same exact price let's say they're both 500 dollars because i feel like that's probably the most likely scenario are you buying which one are you buying are you buying playstation are you buying the xbox or are you buying neither one or both i guess is another option if you're you know flush with cash for me i'm buying none for now but i'm liking what i'm seeing it's not that it's not because i'm not liking what i'm seeing it's just because that's a lot of money <laughs> tactic you were going to say something all right i'm going to go with the app i apps if i absolutely have to buy one category i would do the xbox simply because i am and always will be a xbox fanboy it was my go-to console and i will continue to be a slave to them yeah and that's see i have no i harbor no ill will towards either 
company. Like I, I had a 360. I loved the crap out of that. I had both the PS4 and the Xbox One. I eventually sold the Xbox One, but it was just because I didn't really have the time to support both consoles. And at the time, I was more into the PS4 because of the exclusives that I've already talked about. But I mean, the, the, yeah, Xbox. I mean, Microsoft, Sony. Like, I'm available. I'm come and get me. Either one of you. I'm 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 a free agent here. Nerd Bomber. What about you? I think I'll probably start with the Xbox, but then eventually get the PlayStation, which is what I did this past generation. So like I grew up with the PlayStation because I had the PlayStation 2 and then got the 360 and I loved it. And then there it's it's weird. I love the gamer score aspect. And also like Game Pass has super sold me in at this point. Like I love both consoles, but Game Pass, I now have a membership until 2021 and the value that you get in game pass like i still buy games because i like having physical games which makes me i feel like kind of old school but game pass is an incredible value and i feel like i've played a lot of games through game pass and basically it was free and so it's such a great service and i will probably buy it simply for that i've i've already said i think in multiple episodes that before i buy either of these i'd probably buy a switch just because it's so different and because it's $200, it's probably going to be $200 less than this. And even hearing all this great stuff about the plate, about the new consoles, the fast load times and the 3d audio and all that. I stand by that opinion. I think it's more likely that I buy a switch first. You know, I don't know when that'll be, but uh, as far as when these consoles are coming out, you know, all we know about them, I think Xbox actually has a release date now, which I believe is no. Yeah. November 26, 2020 which is probably like, I don't know, the Friday after. It might, it might be Black Friday. I have no idea. But I guess, you know, the, the the critical thing here and one of the most important steps for Microsoft, they they really uh, they really bungled their release uh, of the Xbox One. If you remember that, you know, they had that thing where the Kinect was always watching you and you're always online. And then they messed up. The, the price point came out. And it was way higher than PlayStation's. So... I think right now, if you're Microsoft, you're probably waiting very cautiously to see what Sony does. <laughs> and I think that will continue. But eventually, one of them is going to have to say something. I honestly... How much it's going to cost. I'm kind of hoping that Xbox comes back super bullish this generation. Because if you look at it, Xbox dominated the 360 PS3 generation. That yes. inspired PlayStation to really like get off their laurels and do something incredible with the studios and the the resources that they had for the PlayStation 4. I think yes. that by having this kind of like back and forth competition, if Xbox sees how much they fell behind this generation, I'm just hoping that it, it inspired them to really go full force, make a great console, make some great games. Because really, it's better for us as the consumers. And especially with Xbox, I mean, all of their games, their first party games are PC available as well. So if you don't even have an Xbox, but you have a computer, you can still pretty much play the games anyway. So I feel like it's a win-win if Xbox comes back with a, a big resurgence. I totally agree. Now, question, kind of, kind of follow on to that, and not related to PlayStation or, or Xbox, but has Nintendo ever won a generation, like, definitively? Because I agree with your assessment that Xbox 360 definitively won that generation. PlayStation 4 definitively won this generation i mean Next nintendo don't know but i feel like nintendo, nintendo has a, they don't follow generations they always come out later than whatever the current yeah. quote-unquote generation is and i want to say they do dominate though because the wii is i want to i don't remember i know we fact-checked this a few episodes ago but i think it was one of like the top selling consoles of all time well they 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 do this thing and i, I remember when the wii first came out 
it was hard to it was super hard to get one it was just like an xbox 360 and i don't know if it was ever that way for the switch but for the xbox for the wii it was like that and they have this way of restricting demand in such a way that they never have to have sales they was that i've been watching for switch sales for forever the switch will never go on sale which is not going to happen because they know they don't have to put it on sale they have a, a potentially smaller but rabid fan base of of players that's always going to step up for them and i think they're just they're kind of happy where they are in the market share and like you said they kind of do this this delayed release cycle to i guess i don't know make it you know make it better for themselves make it easier on themselves so in a, in a way they don't even have a direct competitor but i mean um, they're arguably dominating right now if you look at oh, they're animal doing really crossing well, yeah. I think Animal Crossing broke records for its release. I mean, part of that is probably because people are stuck at home. But also, Animal Crossing is just one of the most hyped and eagerly awaited releases that we've seen in a long time. And considering, look at what it is. I mean, it's I have no not idea this, why. Like, I was about to say it's no not a graphically. Why. It is the greatest game. game ever. It's just very calm and relaxing, and people love it. It's not for me, but well, it, I, listen. I'm sure there are people listening right now who are. They're probably playing Animal Crossing while listening to this. Listen, if Explain you it. played it, if you played it growing up, it hits you right in the nostalgia. And all you guys know, I am a sucker for nostalgia, and it just, it just hits you home. You, you got, you got all your boys, Nook. You got the seagull sailor guy, and they're just helping you build your house and decorate. So, if you it's could great. sum up just, the game in like a sentence or two, tactic, how would you describe it to a legal? Baby yes, Sims, no it. cheat codes. There we go. And so, so what you're okay. So to be clear, what you're describing to me is The Sims, but worse. And no, look at how no, yes, yes, absolutely. That's what you just described. It's <laughs> it's so different, and like it's way more chill than The Sims because like in The Sims you gotta like have a job and all this other stuff. No, in this game you decorate your house, you catch some bugs, you go fishing. It's like it's like Sims summer vacation chill fest i will say though i'm a little irked this is a little bit of a tangent but we bought the game and shipping delays happened because of the coronavirus and it's getting here tomorrow and as i was reading up on it because we have one switch between us and apparently like i knew that you had to be on the same island if you used the same console but apparently the primary player can dictate how far along the second player gets so like if i was the first player and then I stopped and I never played it again, Tectic would not be able to get any resources past what I had played, which kind of sucks. It does suck. It doesn't make any sense either. Why which would, means why you, would need you make to it grind that? if you're the first player. We're still hashing Anyways, out who's going to be the first player. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure next week we'll talk about Animal Crossing in more detail and your guys' experience with it. And you can try to explain to me again just... I, I, you talked about nostalgia tactic i wouldn't i don't have nostalgia i would never have nostalgia for that game because i would never choose to play it because it looks like watching paint dry i think even four or five year old me would be able to look at that game and discern so there's just nothing for me there <laughs> yeah are you someone that would enjoy minecraft no and and, and for the same exact see thing. okay so then that's that's what the issue is it's for someone who enjoys sure. what world building basically and if and that's not your that. thing, if you need a guided story, if you're not a creative person, fine, be that way. So I have wow, a... Really, I'm throwing really, shade. Hit, really hit me below the belt there at the end with the no, no creativity. Look, I like The Sims. The Sims, but again, you hit the nail on the head. The Sims is world building, but you also have like explicit goals. I'm very goal oriented. So give me a job to get. Give me a promotion to get and I'll go do it. You so know? 
question then, and we can probably solve who's going to be player one right now. In The Sims. Okay, I'll decide. Yeah, it's perfect. My main goal, I play it for about like three days and I go really hard for three days. But then once my character has a child, I'm out. Just like real life. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that for now. I don't what think is this supposed to tell me about whether or not you should one? be... Oh, I, I don't know, but I'm saying, like, knowing that that's the type of Sims player I am, should I be the oh. first player of Animal Crossing, or will I it sounds like, give it up? Sounds like no. I mean, it sounds like you're volunteering to not be the first player. There... Can you have a... I've, I've not, I don't think you could have a kid. I'm not saying in the, that, that... In The Sims? I'm not saying that I have to have a kid in Animal Crossing. I'm saying, like, I hit a certain goal in The Sims, and I'm just done. Can you woohoo in Animal Crossing? No, you don't <laughs> ask, woohoo. Asking the, asking the tough questions. All right, that makes sense. You guys are well, just yeah. blasphemous. Listen, I'm not sorry. You know, I, I'm I'm never going to like games like that. I, I don't even like Pokemon. Like, I never played Pokemon when I was a kid. So okay, I, and that I feel like, is blasphemy. Well, I, but I'm saying, I feel like these games are all kind of... Pokemon, not as much. But, like, those games are all kind of in similar veins where people are just absolutely rabid for so, Minecraft yeah, circling back, Pokemon. You've... You found who the Nintendo fanboy is, and you've officially offended him, That's and right. that is why Nintendo doesn't worry about competition because we're all about that nostalgia. We're all about hitting it home, and we're all about chilling. And so they'll get their sales independent of the competition. No, sure, and you, ha- and you, you know, Nintendo has maybe the, the well, not maybe, definitely the most valuable IP of all the three companies. So. You know they're they're fine. They're going to be fine. Anyways, um, PlayStation Five, Xbox Series X. Hit us up on the social media, guys. At OWLady6, at OWNerdBomber, and at OWTechDig on Twitter, and uh, let us know which one you are angling for, or if you're like me and the answer is neither of them. We want to hear from you, and also ex- try to explain to me what the deal is with Animal Crossing, because clearly I don't understand it. We should move on because we wait. We, we talked about that for quite a while. Let's talk about. Uh, you know, I can't pronounce her name. Ahsoka? Is that right? I Ahsoka think so. Tano. Uh, I'm so sorry to anyone who's listening who I just offended. It won't be the last time. Um, big news uh, last week came out that uh, Disney had cast Rosario Dawson. That one I did pronounce correctly. Rosario Dawson to play a live action version of Ahsoka Tano, who was previously a major character in both Star Wars Clone Wars and Rebels, uh, which are both animated series. And uh, she will be guest starring in the upcoming second season of The Mandalorian. Now, there are also rumors, potentially confirmed at this point, I don't know if you guys know or not, that she's getting her own standalone series as well. Here's my thing. Okay. I'm just going to lay it all out right away. The Mandalorian, here's what I think The Mandalorian should be. Okay. And for the record, it's already not this. But The Mandalorian should be a show that the Force does not touch. The Mandalorian should be a non-Jedi show. It should be a a very Western shootout kind of Star Wars experience. It shouldn't involve Jedi. Now, I'm willing to give Baby Yoda a pass, of course, because he's Baby Yoda. We can't we can't continue getting Jedi involved in this show. It it it's going to dilute the its unique qualities, in my opinion. But I'll turn it over to you guys. I mean, I love the casting for what it's worth. Love the casting. Think it's great. I think they cast an uh, appropriately aged actress given her character arc that exists in the extended universe you know she's now going to be a lot older than she is in the two series that she's been featured in but i don't like the decision from a character standpoint 
uh, in terms of adding her to the series. So I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys for more opinions. So I have some thoughts. First of all, on the casting, I do think that she is a good person to take on the role. Uh, my only misgiving is that Rosario Dawson in all of her roles habitually works very well when she plays off of other characters and other quote unquote like leading actors or actresses. She needs to have someone that she can play off of. And I could be talking out of my butt, but I feel like a lot of the roles where she's played superhero-esque roles, because she was in Daredevil and a bunch of like the DC things on Netflix and whatnot. Yes. Um, And I feel like she works really well playing off of somebody. So I feel like if she was to get a standalone TV show, they would need to kind of make it like The Mandalorian, where she has kind of an ensemble, even a rotational cast of people that she can kind of play off of, because I don't know if she could carry a show by herself. That said, I know she's very passionate about the character and she's been like pushing to be cast as this character for a very long time. So I trust her kind of doing it justice. Additionally, I think that if they give her like a Cara Dune type role, maybe in The Mandalorian, where she pops into like three or four episodes. Help, help out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like a helper and kind of like what they did with Cara Dune, how kind of spoilery but like at the end she's still part of the universe but kind of is off doing her own thing then like i wonder if that's how they're gonna do it like introduce her in a couple episodes to kind of help out have some fun banter with the mandalorian and then just kind of like peace out at the end and have her own series i think that could go really well but i agree that i don't want to see too much jedi stuff because then it kind of makes the mandalorian useless you know what i mean it's not what the it's not what the show is for and and like i i agree with you about the point you made about cara dune i think cara dune was very effectively used for what she is in the mandalorian i think ahsoka tano would be used in a in a good way that way too i don't think that's how she'll be used i think she'll be used coming in maybe initially in that role and then realizing that baby yoda is baby yoda and saying we have to train this kid or whatever and that's where it then becomes partially a jedi show and that's not what it should be i mean i would love to see one episode before tactic has his opinions i would love to see one episode of baby yoda trying to be trained but he just like completely does not listen and just does what he wants and like levitates random crap and just looks cute but disobeys the entire time like i would be down for that just like a real baby would do yeah <laughs> i would be on board with that for See, sure i tend to gr- agree with nerd bomber here in that they're gonna just introduce her for a couple episodes to set herself up for a standalone series i think she's going to try to say we gotta train him but i have a feeling that she's not gonna be part of the a team so to speak i think she's gonna be more someone that tries to take him away to train to him as in baby yoda take him away to try to train him but then the mandalorian's like no he's under my watch i can't let you have him and then that's where she goes off and does her own thing i mean interesting this is an interesting line of line of thought here because my counterpoint is what if their plan is for her to come in meet baby yoda decide to train baby yoda take baby yoda from the mandalorian to this standalone show because that is the best possible way for them to make sure that this new spinoff show is watched. And at that point, the Mandalorian might have enough kind of revved up to keep going without baby Yoda and return the Mandalorian to kind of like this mercenary figure who just goes around episodically and solves problems. It would be interesting to see baby Yoda crossover like that. I don't know how possible that is. I'm just spitballing here. So I have two lines of thought based off that. 
First of all, I would hate to see the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda split up because I think they're just adorable. And I think the way that Mandalorian can like act off of a, basically a puppet and you don't even see his face, but just like how he acts and plays off of Baby Yoda is incredible. And if you take that away from the show, I feel like it becomes a lesser show for it. But also, I can definitely see Baby Yoda being passed from show to show to start new series. Yeah, as a popularity kind of magnet. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you that I think in a lot of ways, as much as I just complained about the Jedi aspect of the Mandalorian, the heart of the show is, at this point, the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda's interaction and the fact that he cares about Baby Yoda enough to do all the things that he does in this show. No spoilers. So to have that taken away would be obviously a setback of sorts for the show. I'm just, again, spitballing that maybe that's what their plan is here. Maybe they're they're worried that the transition of Ahsoka Tano to live action might not work. See, yeah. I, I again, I, I think it's more likely that it's the plot line that I identified, but they can also do something like what they did in the Arrowverse and the Flash, where they'll introduce in one episode, then one will go off to the right thing, and then they'll have like a combined series where they're like doing stuff together and then they'll go off and it's just like these different seasonal episodic adventures oh god i actually kind of hate that though like extended crossover events you mean yeah because then you end up having to watch every single series and i just don't like that that is what made me stop watching the flash and arrow in the dc universe shows on cw because i had to invest in all of the shows and i just wanted to watch two but that's exactly what they want you to do. And that's exactly what they want you to feel like. And then I just peace out and I'm not going to watch any. Yeah, but a lot of people don't just stubbornly peace out. A lot of people just kind of go, I guess I'll watch both now. Just keep consuming it. And and we've talked about all the Marvel shows that are coming out and that's exactly their goal too, is they're going to have all these interleaving stories and you're going to have to watch them all if you want to understand it. I mean, to an extent, that's even true with the movies. So I don't know what to tell you get on get on board i guess um I, you know i don't know to what extent that's going to happen here but again social meds we want to hear from you about ahsoka tano i still and if i'm pronouncing that wrong please for the love of god correct me um hit us up and uh yeah we're gonna take our break now but before we do uh i would be remiss if i did not shout out our fantastic patreon producer and longtime supporter mr ben Checkness. uh we were super thrilled to have ben on the show uh, a couple weeks ago uh, it was fairly recent and we had a nice conversation with him you can go listen to that um, and you can that can be you guys uh, if you want to support us if you like listening to us if you want to give back we would super appreciate it and the way to do that is over on patreon where we have three tiers of support now the first tier is the night level tier which is uh, where ben supports us and as a result of supporting us at that level you would get a producer credit on the show uh, which ben gets every show uh, you would get access, sorry, input into our uh, weekly game segment. You would get uh, access to, of course, the monthly secret segment and the monthly vlog. And of course, uh, you would also get the opportunity to occasionally guest spot on the show as Ben has now done, I think, three, three times. If you don't want to support us at the night level, uh, we would also love your support at the Squire level, which is the second level of support, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And then there is also the page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So again, uh, we love doing this. We hope you love listening. And um, if you were so inclined to show your support, you can head on over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details. Thanks again to Ben. And uh, now we're going to 
swing it over to a couple of our friends and we'll be right back hey everybody this is sedge and this is king kegel aka lightsaber ninja and we're two of the three hosts of gaming casual a gaming podcast where three idiots discuss games in the gaming industry casually sometimes we get along sometimes we disagree and sometimes we go on 45 minute rants about consoles that haven't released yet hey 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 i'm innocent here bullshit Check us out on Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes release every Thursday. And not for nothing, but every single person that listens to our podcast happens to be a genius and attractive. Okay, um, we are back, and we are back to talk about the Netflix reality phenomena. There's two of them. Uh, Love is Blind, which uh, Nerd Bomber and I have talked about at length Um partially on this show because i i didn't make you watch it but i did, did I, well, I was i the one who told you to watch it i think i was you were um, and then there was a blizzard and i worked from home and i had it on in the background and i mean and i was yep. i was i very productively worked from home but i also like incepted it into my brain as i was working and right got addicted it's really something uh and then there's of the circle which i'm told that you guys are watching in the middle of watching now i have watched all of the circle season one um both of these shows just got renewed for two seasons now uh, two seasons each i should say um neither of these are surprising to me um mostly because of how popular they are but also because they're probably super easy to produce right i mean all you need for love is blind is a warehouse with 10 pods in it uh enough wine to i don't know drown a small country and 10 hot people or 20 hot people um my guess is they'll just do different cities for different seasons like this season was atlanta so maybe next season they'll go to like chicago or something i, I don't know um, god the circle's even cheaper then the circle is probably even cheaper the circle is just get a building with relatively new looking apartments put a bunch of cameras in them and then like make a budget siri slash social network thing I will say the thing that impressed me with the circle though was that they kind of tailored everyone's apartment to their specific tastes. Yeah, it's well, it's it, the the apartments are very a very interesting aspect of that show um, because there was it was such a mixed bag and like you said it's reflective of their personalities. But like for me, it was such a mixed bag. I would see a certain apartment and be like, "That's really great," and then I would see another one and be like, "That is the worst thing I've ever seen." Um, I mean, they're all they're cookie cutter so they're like oh they're kind of the same but they're just decorated differently so for those who haven't watched the circle we talked about what love is, what love is blind is on the show but we haven't talked about the circle the circle is a social media driven reality competition where there are i think like eight people i don't remember how many people they start with but these people all sign up for this social network called the circle and they never see each other face to face they only see each other through this social media network and they only interact with each other through this social media network and people are eventually quote unquote blocked, which is basically voted off the show um, by they all like rank each other in terms of who they like the most and who they don't like. And the top two people get to vote some, another person off um, kind of like a cross between survivor. And like, I don't know, I think big brother is kind of like that too. Um, it's interesting. And I know you guys are halfway through, so I'm not going to say any, you forgot the major plot list. twist. But some of them can be catfishes. So the catfishes, yeah. So even the photos that they're posting that they don't know if they're a real person or not. So they have to trust right. if they're being genuine. In a in a sense, s- similar to Love Is Blind, in that there's a lot of people that are interacting with each other, 
and they don't actually know what the people look like um which is like it's psychologically an interesting thing right it's 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 supposed to be teaching us how important visual appearance is to us and like blah 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 judging a book by its cover um both shows are ridiculous uh i would say love is blind more so than the circle the circle is also ridiculous and has a lot of big characters but it's it's less so it's less soap opera-y well, and I more like, like a reality show so the circle is more of a game show in a way because there's strategy and you're trying to win money at yeah. the end whereas love is blind they put you through this whirlwind romance and at the end of like a month they expect people to get married which it's just nonsense that i <laughs> i would i feel like so I obviously got addicted to Love is Blind. We talked about this before, but I feel like I would have liked the show so much better if they didn't have the marriage stipulation at the end of the month. Or like, let me follow them. Like, do it at the end of six months. Because that's just such a big commitment to ask of people in their real life. Like, you are legitimately committing yourself to a legally binding marriage. You just met and now you have to have a baby. For a reality TV show. It's crazy. but listen, that's why, like, I'll tell you right now, I'm pretty sure that's why I started watching it, is I was like, okay, 28 days, they get married. This is ridiculous. I got to see what this is all about. You know, and it, it was like that and all the stuff I've been hearing from other people. But, like, I think if you turn it from one month into six months, yeah, I get what you're saying about, like, uh, marriage is an institution, blah, blah, blah. But, like, people want to show up to see sloppy stuff. And the guarantee of sloppy stuff when it's a month instead of six months is just extremely higher to me. Um, people can't take their time to get to know each other. They have to expose flaws very quickly and they have to do it in explosive ways and do just absolutely nonsensical things. The one Um, thing, so knowing that now there's going to be two additional seasons of each of these shows, it's now the contestants moving forward are going to know the tactics and the strategies and how they should behave and act. Like you can't tell me, even if you get another Jessica on season two of love is blind she's not going to act like a jessica she's going to tamp that down until she makes it to the aisle let's be real listen i do not know if that's true at all i i i think i think a person like jessica and we shouldn't get too into the weeds but like i think a person like jessica is going to be the way that she is agnostic of any outside influences <laughs> like i mean i think there were plenty of outside influences that were being imposed upon her during the show that she just ignored and was like i'm going to be the person that i am which like yeah you should be who you are but like it was a mess Um, so so can i ask a question so marriage is a sacred vow and we're at a point in human history where reality shows are now just marrying people up you have this you have 90 day fiance you've got i was gonna all say this is not stuff. a new thing so yeah. 90 day fiance also super addicting because those people are freaking wreck. crazy train wreck um and there's isn't there one called married at first sight there's another one too i think there's, so. there's a bunch of these so if we for a moment just say nothing is sacred anymore i have a That's reality right. show for you okay i'd love to hear it Okay, so you got five surrogates. They're all into the ne- idea. Netflix copyright. Netflix copyright. We just make sure they don't steal this. They're anyway, all into the ahead. idea of having a baby. Fine. Mm-hmm. They have to meet people, and then within ten days, they have to decide if they want to be the father or not. Can you imagine? First off, the drama. Second off, that kid is now going to say, "Oh yeah, how did my parents meet?" A reality show. Wait a minute, you were on this show? Yeah. Are you talking? Wait, do I not know what a surrogate is? 
I thought the surrogate was the the mom who carried the baby. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying it's already someone who's into the idea of carrying the baby and getting pregnant. So those would be the ideal candidates for the show. Okay. See, I think I think there should be another one where it's sperm donors. It's the other way. Where like there's these guys who are like, I want to be a father to. So, to, I want to like give my sperm to someone and become a dad, and they like do some kind of competition. I've oh my god! Yeah, it could be like to plant my seed. It could be a combination of Love Is Blind and The Bachelor, where you have like one woman trying to have a baby has to pick between all of these fathers that she can only date through the wall. Right, and be and and, and it would be like, well, wait, no, it wouldn't have to be the wall thing yeah, necessarily. It'd be remove like, the wall. I'm getting gross. Wait, it would be like I'm not talking about. <laughs> That kind of wall. No, oh my God. that's not what I. That's not what I meant either. God, no. I'm. I'm. I'm saying what it should be is it should be like the Bachelor or the Bachelorette rather, where she gets to like meet all these guys and she's like, well, Craig is like really muscly and like has beautiful eyes, but he also like rides a bicycle a lot, so I don't know what a sperm count is like. And that would just that would be an episode. You know what I mean? Like that would be good television. Um, but to circle back to Love Is Blind and the Circle, they're getting they're getting two new seasons each. Um, I know you guys are only halfway through the circle, uh, and Tactic, I know you also didn't watch Love is Blind, uh, so I guess I'll ask Nerd Bummer, which one do you like more so far? Love is Blind. Hundo P. Yes, same, same here. I mean, it's, the circle is good. The circle does some weird stuff. Now, how far are you in the circle? I, like I said, about halfway through, I don't want to, like, identify who just left or joined the show. No, sure. Um, but you've seen you've seen new people come in. I yes. don't get that. I don't I understand that aspect of it at all. That's the part to me that I don't necessarily like about the show. Because first of all, I feel like you get two episodes with these characters and then they are already writing one off. And then you are introduced right. to a new one. And I don't understand how this new one, like that's not even fair because they don't really get exactly. that same level of interaction with everybody else. So I think it would have been better. If, to get to the end. Exactly. It, it's... If they just had the same group of people and there was none of this voting out stuff, I think it would have been a lot better. I don't know how they would have executed it, but I think it would have been better. It's competitively flawed in a couple ways, I I think, that that being one of them. It's super interesting, though. I I think that one is probably the more interesting one to watch of the two. And Love is Blind is just ridiculous. And it's just you watch it and you're like, oh, my God, what is happening? The circle, there are there there were a couple of legitimate moments where I was like imagining myself in this situation and like what would I do and like it is it is kind of a more interesting study on like how people deal how people use social media and how it affects relationships and everything and you know there's a, there's of course the whole catfish element which you already mentioned. It's so kind we'll, of we'll have to talk about it more. It was before its time it. though because I, I know we've been trying to kind of skirt around it because we dedicated a whole episode to it. But the, we're basically living in the circle right now. Oh, yeah. Well, but I mean, listen, I know you guys have seen you guys in person before. I well, knew right. Catfish. But for the I most part, we're all interacting via social media, texting, all that kind of stuff. SNL actually, when John Mulaney hosted an episode, I think it was like last month sometime, they actually did a, a sketch that was like people on Love is Blind who had coronavirus. Not the greatest. Didn't age well. I'll, I'll say that much. Uh, to me, Love is Blind is my favorite as well. I just you can really just check your your brain at the door when, you, when you turn that television show on they will replace nick lachey and his wife was her name vanessa vanessa i'm back and forth on that because i think that they were terrible i think they were like the worst part of the show like they were in the show so little they, their involvement was so small but 
they still managed to just be so intrusive and so obtrusive when they were there. My vote but I, I don't is, know who would do better. I know in my heart that... Steve Harvey. No. If they took one of the... <laughs> Jesus. One, if there were any, I guess, to avoid spoilers, couples who succeeded and came oh. back in the reunion, I think they would be great hosts because they lived through it. That would be pretty good. But I like I'm I'm thinking of the people that made it through and I don't know if there are any real any any good candidates there. But I like the idea. I like the idea of, of people coming back. If only so you can see if they're still together, right? I mean, you watched the reunion, right? Oh yeah. I okay. watched the reunion. Yeah, I mean I think there's at least yeah. one solid choice in my head, but I don't want to spoil the show for people who haven't watched, so we'll talk about that offline. Right. In any case, we we just wanted to mention that these shows are coming back. I think it's great. I love reality television. I'm not I'm not uh, sorry for it. So be on the lookout for those. I don't know if we know when they're going to be out. I would guess next year sometime. So, you know, I guess be on the lookout for that. So now we're going to move on to What Are You Up To Wednesday, which is really the second major portion of the show. I think we all have some pretty sizable updates. So let's just dive right into it. I'm going to go first this time because I'm very excited about mine. Of course, it's already been mentioned a couple times now that we're living in the time of, of coronavirus. And um, one thing that I tend to do with, with some close friends, especially uh, in my hometown, which I, I'm away from home right now, I'm, I'm going to school, is play board games. And obviously, we're not near each other, and we also can't leave our houses. So we found a new way to do that through the website tabletopia.com, which is not a sponsor. Um, basically, you can play board games online. There's not a whole lot else to describe other than that. Um, but I've played Wingspan so far. I've played Space Explorers so far, which incidentally, you guys got me that game and it's very good. Um, both of them available on Tabletopia along with 800 plus other games. Is it free? You can play. It is free for the... Fr- well, so there's tiers of membership. There's a tier that's free, but I think it limits the number of games you can play. Um, there is the, the, the first quote unquote premium tier is $6 a month, but it's free for the first month. And that's the one that I did. I mean, even after it's, even after the free month, it's $6 a month. And like, considering how long this could go on for, I feel like it's worth the investment. Um, I strongly encourage everyone to check it out. Other than that, uh, Hayes and I have been, uh, doing some couch co-op with little big planet three, uh, which has been a fun little, uh, side scrolling platformer kind of deal uh, we're enjoying that but yeah other than that just kind of hanging out at home you know what, what else can you do at, the, at this point uh tactic my friend what okay so going into again the quarantine experience so the first thing that i want to mention is i actually pulled a butt muscle from how much sitting i had been doing i didn't know it was possible but yowza you said you said sitting right yes from sitting it's okay, just I thought you said something somehow I, I moved weird and I pulled a muscle in my butt cheek. Um, don't know how, and but how, this has been fun. And are you on the mend? Are you doing are you doing better or does it still hurt? Yeah, I'm it's it's coming around. And then the second Good. thing is I as I said, I have started The Last of Us and I don't really recommend playing it in this time because it's pretty intense. The, the level of anxiety I'm getting. So the first scene of the game alone, like before the title comes in, after you do like your intro kind of story, um, they're playing the news and you're, you're they're going through, residents are recommended to stay in quarantine. The government has issued a 
state of emergency after 200 deaths. That's that's literally exactly what's going on right now. And I'm like hyperventilating, listening to this, like, this is a bad choice. This is a bad choice. And so, yeah, this has been interesting and fun. And I will let you guys know when I go full panic attack. So in spite of that anxiety-induced update, I'm really happy for you because it's one of my favorite games ever. You've drawn some parallels between that and, and the coronavirus outbreak. And I think the obvious way to break those parallels is The Last of Us is it, it, it's zombies, man. These aren't these aren't zombies. We're not in zombie time here. So you can sleep at night. I think you'll be OK. Oh, no, it's not going to be the coronavirus that makes zombies. It's going to be the rushed to market cure. Oh, like in like in uh, like in I Am Legend. Yes. It made a cure for cancer. And yeah. And anyways, I'll, I'll be checking in for periodically for updates on how the game is going for you. Um, because it's, I obviously it's, it's a game that's very near and dear to my heart. So happy, happy gaming. Uh, Nerd Bomber. Okay. So two things that I want to touch on. First of all, we have also played a board game lately. Um, we actually have a stack of games that we haven't visited in a long time and we kind of have to relearn slash maybe play for the first time. And Hardback is one of those games that I bought probably like two years ago, because I think it came out in 2018, and I bought it right when it came out, and then we just never played it. And I was inspired to buy it after we played Paperback with you, which is a deck-building type card game, kind of like a fusion between a deck-building game and Scrabble. And so I bought Hardback, and we actually just played that. I mean, it's more or less the same as Paperback. They just added a few additional elements to the game. For example, I want to say in paperback, like you just had the value of your cards at the end, correct? That's I think so. I don't. I've, I, I haven't played it in a while. Whereas, yeah, sounds right. Now with hardback, um, you actually have to get like aspiration points or stars, and then whoever hits sixty stars first wins. So it kind of puts a pace to the game too. There's a lot more cards that come with the game, and there's like little tokens, and you can buy ink, and it, it's really fun. I mean, if you liked paperback, ten out of ten recommend hardback. It's fun, adds some elements, and I think there's cooperative ways to play the oh, game I, as I well. Love co-op. I love co-op games so much. Yeah, I, I so I own Paperback. I've played it many times. I've actually never played Hardback. My brother owns it, but uh, based on the way Hardback sounds and based on my experience with Paperback, I'd recommend both of them. They're, they're really good games. And then the other thing that we have been doing is that knowing that we this was in our future, staying home a lot. I had purchased on Mario Day Yoshi's Crafted World because it was only $39.99 and I knew it was a co-op game that Tactic and I could play together while we waited for Animal Crossing to come in. And I have mixed feelings. Like, it's a super cute game, but it just doesn't draw either of us in like I thought it would. Like, it's fun, but I'm not raring to go. Like, I don't want to be like, hey, let's, let's play Yoshi's Crafted World. But, I mean, it's a fun platformer. It's it's a fun platformer that's all i got like it's it's a cute game but it's nothing review. it's not like luigi's mansion 3 which is kind of more what i thought it would be the story not. just doesn't draw you in yeah and that's for me that's like the most important thing well good to know yeah i mean i think to go back to your point about hardback i think in general like one of the and i mentioned doing the jigsaw puzzle last week when we were talking about quarantine activities i want to like replace it with i think playing board games in any way that you can board games are just the one of the best ways to get away from a screen because obviously we're logging so much more screen time than we usually do now get away from a screen and you, you, you occupy your mind with something because that's another thing that's really important to do during the during the quarantine is keep your mind occupied and it's a great way to do that and also interact with people and it's a social experience 
So yeah, definitely would recommend that. Now, another thing you could do during the quarantine and really anytime is drink coffee. Uh, and the topic of our quiz this week is, of course, that delicious hot beverage that we all know and love. So uh, I am hosting this week and I have 10 coffee related questions for you. Uh, they are pretty much all of them uh, prices right style questions. So we can just dive right in. May the best player win. First things first, how many U.S. states produce coffee? And we'll start with Nurbomer because she is, uh, she is, as we know, a lady. I'm going to say five. I feel like not that many states produce coffee. Like, are we talking like growing beans? Because don't you need to have a specific climate for that? Listen, yeah, we're talking, we're talking like the beans. Yeah. Harvesting beans. Then I want to say five question mark i'm probably underselling it a lot so i'm gonna go ahead and double that and say 10 all right so yeah this was kind of a trick you guys both busted it's two so nerd bomber you're on the right track totally it's only hawaii and california there are no other states that do it because like as you said very astutely uh the climate conditions have to be of very specifically a certain way i guess i just assumed like florida would be in on it because they do the whole orange thing so i was like oh maybe they do coffee i don't know it's 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 too muggy there and i I mean i don't know i don't know what climate conditions are needed exactly i just have a little thing here in front of me okay so in the same vein this is the only one that is not a price is right style question so we're just going to guess back and forth until one of you gets it which country is the leading coffee producer in the world and tactic you are first brazil colombia I wasn't expecting you to get it right away. It's Brazil. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I thought I thought you would have guessed Colombia first, too. Colombia would have been my first guess. Uh, no, it's Brazil. So, Tactic, you are on the board. Congrats. Uh, it is now one to zero. The follow-up question to that question, which is kind of a two-parter. Uh, what percentage of the world's supply of coffee does Brazil produce? Back to you, Nerd Bomber. I'm going to say 50%. Give it a nice, even number. I'm going to say 63%. Okay, so you guys both busted. It's 33%, so one-third. Um, you're, you're on the right track with a nice even number. <laughs> Just went a little high. So, Tactic's still on top with one point. Uh, so far, a lot of busting has happened. Hopefully, that will stop. Uh, okay, Finland is the highest coffee-consuming country really? in the world. Yeah, apparently, according to this webpage. Uh, how many pounds of coffee does the average Finn go through per year? And tactic, you are now first. I have a, a very Four important... pounds. Wow. I was going to say, are we talking about like liquid or the beans? Well, I'll tell you what. I don't think it specifies. But let, me, let me double check. Does not specify. I would guess the, the, the pound, the, the beans. It would have to be the beans or else they would use milliliters or something like that. You could talk about like ounces. No. Let's just assume the beans. So tactic, you guessed how many? Four pounds? Four pounds. I'm going to go a bit higher and say 20. Okay, Nerd Bomber is on the board. She ties it up. It is 27 and a half pounds of coffee wow. each year. They drink a lot of coffee, guys. Although I will say the average American drinks 11 pounds uh, a year. So four pounds is, is in general pretty low. Okay, so it's now one to one. Another classic question as far as these quizzes usually go. What is the world's largest cup of coffee ever poured, according to the Guinness World Book of Records? Uh, if it helps, this was done in... Let me check the year. This was done... Oh, gosh, I know it's in here somewhere. Sorry, I was scrolling. 2012 is when this happened. And I'm What's the, the units? In gallons. Gallons is the answer. So I should tell you how big a cup it is. I'm going to say 20,000 gallons, the size of a swimming pool. An above ground circular one that kind of looks like a coffee mug. That feels like a bust. So I'm going to go 100 gallons. 
Okay, Tactic, you, you KG boy. 3,487 gallons. So I have to give it to Tactic there. How big is our uh, pool? 18,000. Okay, so someone needs to go fill their pool with coffee and break the Guinness World Record. It's because not coffee. It's not, it's, you, you can't be, it has to be hot. I can tell you that the, the, cup was, the cup was nine feet tall. That's what I can tell you. Uh, other than that, Tactic pulls ahead again. So now it's now two to one. Here's an interesting one. According to Dunkin' Donuts, how many different ways can you order a coffee at Dunkin' Donuts? I'm going to go with 12. 12 different ways. I'm going to say 13. Okay. <laughs> Nerd Bomber gets it. 25,000 different ways. No way. <laughs> That's, That's what it's What like. even ways? Like what? Oh, I know. I'm going to list them out. Black. Black with one cream. Black with two <laughs> creams. <laughs> I don't. I Black mean, Black with 25,000 creams. They have like flavor shots. You can order it iced. You can order different size. I'm, you know, I, there's permutations of all these different combinations. So I can imagine it getting, I mean, 25,000 is a lot, but I can imagine it at least getting into the hundreds. I guess I was just thinking like f- different flavor shots. Well, but again, you could, then you can, you yeah. can mix flavor shots and you can, and it, let's say there's like six flavor shots. Then there's like, I don't know, six factorial combinations right there. And that's, that's not fair. even considering anything else. So in any case, that's uh to go to go to dunkin donuts i guess actually don't go there i do not like dunkin donuts i'm just throwing that out there uh okay so nerd bomber ties it up again it's two to two we have four questions to go so it's a dead heat how much does the world's most expensive coffee cost per pound and i'll I'll give you a little bit of information about this coffee once i can scroll up to it okay one of the most coveted varieties comes from the feces of an asian palm civet which i or civet i don't know how it's pronounced i've actually heard of this before uh, it, oh, it's a cat-like creature that eats fruit, including coffee cherries, but is unable to digest the beans. The excreted seeds produce a smooth, less acidic brew called Kopi Luwak. Okay, don't... Th- this is how we get diseases. Don't drink that. Um, Listen, sorry. people aren't just drinking it. They're spending a lot of money on it. So, okay, I'm looking for dollars per pound on this one, and I believe... It's me. Ner- or no, I think it's Tectic goes first. No, no you're right. No, it's you're not, right. It's, she, it, like, it's Nerd Bomber. One, yeah. I tried one to scoop him. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say it's $98 per pound. Tactic. I'm going to go $2,000 per pound. Ooh, you busted. $600 per pound. So that that point goes to the Nerd Bomber. I believe it's like $98 a cup or something, and that works out to $600 a pound. So Nerd Bomber pulls ahead again. It's, it's two to three now. How many Starbucks locations are there on Earth? Now, when you Google this, it gives you an answer that's more than X. I'm just looking for the X. So it's probably like... Hang on, very can you imagine that being that cat? Like some weirdo is just following you around waiting for you to poop. I mean, think about our great. dogs. Some yeah, weirdo takes them out and just waits for them to poop and then collects it. Yeah. He's trying making coffee out of it. So, okay. How many Starbucks locations are there on Earth? Roughly speaking. I'm going to go with 20,000 locations. Okay. Nerd Bomber? I want to say it's more than that. I'm going to say 50,000. It is more, but you busted. It's 30,000. So it's tied up again. Boy, you guys are going back and forth here. Um, We're going to stay on the Starbucks train. A venti java chip frappuccino from Starbucks contains how many calories? Oh, I actually, I knew this once because this is what I order. Um, This is what you order? It's, I want to say it's like something absurd. It's like 850 calories. Okay, so you're going with 850, tactic? 851 calories. Rude. All right. Well, didn't work. You both busted. It's six hundred, which, for a point really? of reference, is more. Th- it's more than a Big Mac. Six hundred. Are you sure that's not a grande? That sounds like a grande. Listen, I, venti Java chip frappuccino. It's, it's, maybe it's what the, it's maybe what the it's not counting says. for the whipped cream. I think the whipped cream adds extra. 
No idea. Do you think it, would the whipped cream adds 250 calories? <laughs> I have no idea. Their whipped <laughs> like cream is like pretty it. like thick with two C's. Okay, so where it stands now is Nerd Bomber is ahead by one. Going into the last question. So, Tactic, you got to go for the tie here, and then we'll do a tiebreaker. An eight-ounce brewed cup of decaf contains how much caffeine in milligrams? Now, they give a range. I am looking for the upper limit of that range. How many milligrams of deca- of caffeine does an eight-ounce brewed cup of decaf contain? Do you want this, a reference point? I can tell you no, how many. No, 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 no. Okay. And don't, don't you dare give it to Nerd Bomber. I'm going to say 250 milligrams. Okay. I'm going to say five milligrams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were you thinking it's 12 milligrams <laughs> for reference and this is the reference point i was going to give you a regular cup of an eight ounce brewed cup of co- regular coffee has 95 to 200 so if you gave someone a 250 milligram cup of coffee that's like anti-decaf probably have, probably have a heart attack oh you said coffee i thought you said speed okay <laughs> right right okay so nerd bomber takes home the win she does a victory lap on that last question and uh wins wins it four to two so congratulations to her she will be hosting next week's quiz and she will also be hosting the secret segment and if you want to know what she's doing in the secret segment you're gonna have to just uh support us to find out yeah pony Uh, up a dollar and you'll be able to listen to our wonderful secret segment uh, which is should be dropping soon. Uh, in the meantime, we want to thank you all for listening, as as I think a lot of you do quite often. And we want to encourage you to come back next week and also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and uh, let us know how we're doing. And also stay safe. Uh, we'll probably be saying that a lot over the next few weeks. So get used to that. In any case, uh, we'll talk at you all next week and uh, go out there and enjoy yourselves. But stay in, stay indoors. Yeah, stay indoors. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good week, everyone. Goodbye. Bye.